0: MGC Hollywood Stay classy Time to get a new mouse This mouse is ripped It won't click But anyway Hey, I watched this stand-up comedy special It was really good This guy named Shane Gillis He's really funny His whole stand-up special is on YouTube right now And I watched it with my parents Yesterday And yeah, for 45 minutes I think I laughed for like 42 of them He does a great Trump impersonation He's just, yeah, just an all-around funny guy, so if you like comedy, which I don't know anybody doesn't like to laugh, unless you're just a, you know, gloomy, sad person, which, you know, even those people like to laugh sometimes. But yeah, check him out. He's a a funny guy. Funny guy. Alright, here we are. Ladies and gents, welcome back to FGC Hollywood A-Fighting Game Podcast, episode 46. We're back with a new look on the video format. All I did was change my desk from wall wall to another same room but uh, I figured I'd have a little more room to move around also if people come into this room they won't be on camera cuz you know sometimes that happens but it's good to be back we took a week off and I'm back on a somber note right I'm not as excited as I was maybe a couple weeks ago but uh, there's some reasons for that we'll get to that later but yeah Happy you're with me, happy you're here. We're going to talk about some fighting games and some other stuff. But yeah, it's uh, Saturday. I know I'm supposed to record this on whatever. I don't even know anymore. Thursday, Friday. But it's Saturday. We're recording this. Frosty things is happening right now. I watched a little bit yesterday. It was fun. But I don't know. I just haven't really been in the mood to watch more than what I already watched. Melty Blood was fun. You know, watch a little Melty Blood. But, yeah, I figured this is going to be kind of a different podcast, to be honest. Uh, I got a lot of things I want to get off my chest. And, yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll get to it. So, yeah, like I said, I took a week off. It was really slow, right? It was slow news. And as much as I like doing fake headlines and stuff, uh, I don't want to do that every week, right? Like, I want to talk about fighting games. I want to talk about them in a nature that's, productive, and informative, and if I can't do that, i rather just skip the week. So, yeah, I took a week off, I, I worked on a tier list video instead, which, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that probably at the end of the show, but that's why I didn't record last week, so I apologize for that. I'll be honest, motivation has been kind of low, to do anything, like not just a podcast, but to do, to do any sort of creative writing, or any, like, making a script or anything, like, it's just been low, I don't know what it is, maybe it's, like, the winter, just cold and windy and snowy, I don't know what it is, seasonal depression, something like that, right, so, yeah, I think it's just kind of getting to me overall, just my circumstances right now at the moment, you know, not having my own apartment, living, you know, not that it's bad here, you know, living a wood, with my dad and being able to record, you know, my stuff in his basement—that's nice still. But I'm just so used to being just by myself. I guess you know, it was it was me and Dirk for the longest, and I was just really independent for a long time. You know, ever since I was 16, I had my own place. So being back at 28, living at my parents'—it's just weird. It's just weird. So you know, here I am. And uh, it just kind—I of, think it's been going on six months now, so it's like six months, and I just haven't really found a way to get truly comfortable in my own skin under the roof of my parents. It's uh its just different. So, yeah, I think that's that's a part of why the motivation has been low. Also, I mean the fact that the internet's really poor, um, you know, the constant podcast changes, and not having a real way to a routine i think that was that's been one of the biggest things that i've have have to come to peace with is not having dirk around anymore is that he was a huge part of my routine day to day you know i would come back from work and be like okay dog park okay let's go hiking you know wake up in the morning i'd have like almost a reason to wake up early because like all right i have to be at work at this time so let me wake up two hours before so i can take dirk out on a hike and then you know i felt good it felt good both getting the exercise and seeing my dog happy so Ever since he passed, it's uh, the routine's not been there. And I just, I tried hiking alone. I just don't like it as much. Like, it's not as fun. And I'm not ready to get another dog. So it's just I'm kind of in between a rock and a hard place. No pun intended, right? But yeah. So that's been kind of one of the few factors for my uh, my seasonal blues, if you will. And yeah, outside of outside of just work, I have no real routine. I just kind of show up, go to work come back, you know, you know how they say like shower thoughts or drive time, you get all, this is like the best time when you get all of your ideas, you know, you think about, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I'll structure this thing that way, and then when you get home, it's, even if you still have those ideas, the motivation is it's not not there, and uh, I don't know how to get out of that funk, you know, I've heard exercise obviously is the best best way to do it, so I think I just have to force myself to go exercise regardless of of my circumstance. I'm not a big gym guy. Like, I just don't like gyms. So, I, I'm just going to have to suck up the cold and just go out. Go out and hike again. Just do some, some body weight stuff. And uh, I've lost weight, but I've kind of plateaued with intermittent fasting. So, I I think I'll just have to force myself to exercise. I, I remember when I did exercise, especially with Dirk. I felt better, especially mentally. My mind was fresher. Now, it's even though I do move around a lot at work. It's not exactly exercise. It's like it's work, right? So you don't even think about it that way. So, yeah. I think I'll start tomorrow. Why not, right? Saturday today, Sunday tomorrow. I'll go on a hike tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. Just to kind of get out of the funk. And yeah, uh it seems like I might be upgrading the internet here at my dad's place because apartment hunting has been so difficult. In the Saint Louis area, I've almost kind of given up. At least on the season, you know, winter season is not the pl- not the time you want to look for apartments, especially in this economy. Everything is so inflated right now. So I might just upgrade the internet. I'll still probably end up being on Wi-Fi, but at least it'll be better Wi-Fi if that means anything, right? But I don't know. It's uh, kind of is what it is. So you know, I made peace with it. You know, I just have to make the best out of it. And as long as I can sort of update. You know, uh, make a uh, make content, and maybe perhaps even stream. I know streaming on Wi-Fi is really bad, but we'll see. We'll try it, and at least it'll be better than what I have now. So you never know. But yeah, you know, looking to looking to get better, looking to do better, be better. Anyway, <laughs> if somebody walked into this, they were like, "This is a fighting it podcast." <laughs> I swear it is. Yes. But uh, yeah, so anyway, that's my situation right now. What I've been doing outside of being all depressed and mopey, I started playing. Speaking, of, I mean, speaking of depressed and mopey, I started playing Lisa the Painful. And you know, I like dark narrative in games, but man, I'm only two hours in that game, and that game is fucked up. That game is really fucked up. I played Omori, and Omori is fucked up, but it builds to it, right? It builds to being how messed up it is and dark, and very mature. But, uh, Lisa the Painful is just, it just fucked. <laughs> like, it's just, it starts off really violent and just dark. And I don't really understand why so far. I'm only two hours in. But hopefully the writing gets better. Like, I'm a sucker for really good narrative and good writing in video games. I mean, in anything, right? The uh, books, manga, like, if, if the writing is really good, I'm, like, you got me. So... And that's not even being like a big lore guy, I just like quality. Like, I like quality in anything, right? I can watch a lumberjack, you know, cut trees, you know, in a perfect way, and I'll watch that for hours, because I was like, hey, that's masterful. I'll watch masters work at anything, no matter what. If it's mastery, it's mastery. Same thing with writing, so I hope the writing gets better and least of the painful, but right now it's just, uh, man, that game is fucked up. It's interesting, but it's fucked up. Outside at least the painful, I've been playing. Been playing some games, you know. After work, I'm playing still P4U2, right? And not as much as uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, still been playing that a little bit on PC, a little bit on Xbox 360, just messing around. It's been fun. Played some Third Strike on Fightcade with um, with FGC Hollywood. Messed around with that. Uh, Shout-outs to Iron Bagel. It's always fun playing with him, no matter what game. We always have a good time. Good vibes. You know, good vibes. I like Iron. Good guy. Messed around with uh, Ultra Tree Fighter Four, right? Went back to that. Because I like like DiCaprio a lot. She's so fun. So I like doing her combos, doing her trials. She's such a cool character. Then I went back to Adon. Did some trials for Adon. And uh, he's fun, too. I love Muay Thai, obviously, so... He's a, he's a really fun character. So I messed around with those two. Then for the most part, as as far as online, I've been playing mostly Melty Blood. Melty Blood every night, about an hour or so after work. After I kind of decompress, take a shower, eat, go on Melty Blood, play Wi-Fi, get salty about Shield, but it's fun, you know. Every day I kind of improve a little. I I, I started to understand that game a little more, right? Went to push the pace. Went to back off. Went to press Shield. Went to bait Shield. Uh, starting to get a little bit better, right? I'm not good yet, but it's starting to get a little bit better So I'm enjoying I'm enjoying that game And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for what I've been doing As far as FGC Hollywood Plus I'll be honest uh, I was supposed to record episode 5 which is the like our favorite video game moments uh, That hasn't even been recorded yet. Just uh, my motivation has been so low. I got everything that I needed my list compiled I got Pringles moments, I got Broken's moments, I just haven't recorded it, and yeah, I just haven't really felt just motivated to do so, so I've kind of come to a conclusion that you know what, there needs to be a change, and so I figured, you know what, okay, I, I gotta change the show, I know, no, I know, I know, this is like the 18th time I've changed the format of the show, but yet again, I'm going to do it again, so it's just I haven't found the right one, and I haven't just gotten comfortable with FGC Hollywood, FGC Hollywood Plus, so I think I'm going to cut down on some of the day-to-day stuff with this channel in particular, the podcast channel and this podcast feed that people are listening to, so I can work on content that's a little more unique, right, I want to dedicate time to content that less people can do, right, a lot of people can do this they can talk about news, they can react to certain things. I want to get back to writing. I want to do you know topics and kind of write about them in depthly or you know sort of like video essays or perhaps get back to reviewing fighting games. You know, that was really fun and I don't think anybody's really doing it at this po- at this point really outside of your critics and I mean, you know, no disrespect, but Many of your general gaming critics, you know, IGN and GameSpot, they don't really have like an FGC guy or somebody who knows fighting games. So they just kind of rate it as just a normal video game. And I don't think fighting games should be treated that way. They're a little more complex. At least they used to be. But even to to this day they are. So yes, yeah, so I want to change the content a bit. So here's what's gonna happen. FGC Hollywood is going to be moving to bi-weekly. So this show in particular is going to move to bi-weekly. So instead of you know me doing three shows in a month, I'll just do two shows in a month, you know, every other week. And so it'll give me time to kind of digest what's happening. Two weeks, I can do everything in one show. Should never have a slow week, hopefully, or a slow podcast. And... It should. I, I just want quality. I just want quality over quantity. I don't want to be doing this every week and not having anything to talk about, and then I'm just wasting people's time because, man, I hate my time wasted. So that's what I'm going to do with FGC Hollywood. FGC Hollywood Plus, which is a show for patrons, and I sometimes put the highlights on YouTube as well as the interviews on YouTube, um, that's going to move to once a month. And I'm going to try to get a guest on every single one of FGC Hollywood Plus's episodes. So be it whether it's an outside guest, Uh, Once my internet gets better, or if it's Pringle, or if it's broken, I'm going to try to get at least one guest on FGC Hollywood Plus once a month. And if I get more opportunities to interview people, obviously you'll get more FGC Hollywood Plus episodes, especially on Patreon. And I'll put them on YouTube if they're uh, they're, they're the interview-style episodes. But... um, I just want quality over quantity, and I, I find that like the more I the the more I spread myself thinner and thinner, the the less quality I'm putting out there, and I just don't want that. So I just want to get back to roots, and my roots were writing, and my roots were, you know, talking about video games in a more in-depth feel to it, and I haven't been doing that, at least not lately. So I want to get back to that. So, listen, I apologize for everybody who supports us on Patreon that I haven't really been delivering this month. And uh, that's all on me. Like, really, there's no excuses. It's just I haven't been motivated. And I know that's like, come on, like, that's not an excuse. Like, you're an adult. You should just deliver on what you promised. And I haven't been doing that. Now, before this month is over, I will deliver on FGC Hollywood Plus episode 5, I'll do that episode. And then next month, hopefully, we can do something a little interesting. My internet will get better. Hopefully, I'm reach- I'm- I am I want to reach out to people. And um, I just want to do meaningful content, you know. I just want to do something that's a little more interesting to me and to you. So, I appreciate everybody who's been supporting the channel. Obviously, both on YouTube, on rating us, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that. Now that there's ratings, obviously, patreon.com. FCC Hollywood. Appreciate y'all. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much all it for housekeeping that I wanted to do. As far as podcast correction, we didn't have uh, too many podcast corrections, if any. And uh, last week, or not last week, two weeks ago, I asked you guys about some fighting game content creators that are a little more niche, a little more underground that I'm interested in. And if you guys had any recommendations, you guys came through. I found people like Gecko Squirrel, got one quote. Some other interesting stuff out there so thank you for that appreciate your suggestions and yeah those are definitely people that I would like to reach out to eventually talk about fighting games because those are interesting characters so why not so yeah but yeah that's it that's that's all I got for housekeeping I know this is a little more somber but just kind of how I feel right now there's no point in faking how I feel <laughs> anyway uh, let's get to some news shall we round one FGC News. All right, so we got three items of news, real news this time, not fake headlines, but actual news this week. And they're all pretty positive. So let's start with the first one. So TFH gets a publisher. So on January 20th, 2022, Main6 announced on their website that the developer has been acquired by publisher Modus Games. And the developer blog. On their website, Main6 is quoted saying this on what it means for the studio moving forward. Quote, it means that our team is growing. We're still us, but we have, but we now have real jobs, quote unquote. Being part of Modus makes it possible for us to fill our complete uncompromised vision for TFH and continue projects beyond, end quote. They also add, practically speaking, it takes a lot of resources to make a successful video game. With all of the additional help we're getting, we'll be filling out the roster, releasing story mode chapters faster, and looking at ways to expand to more platforms. TFH is about to reach new heights. So the dev blog proceeded to inform players that the expansion to the roster, story mode, console ports, and localization, balance changes, along with the 3.0 version of the game, which will include level 3 supers, that's pretty exciting, are being planned for the game and the upcoming future, pending all their chips fall into their place. So that's great news, to be honest. I think uh, the fact that they've done TFH without an actual publisher, they were self-published this whole time. So they had to use their own funding for the most part, along with crowdfunding. That's uh, pretty impressive of how the quality of that game. And now that they have an actual publisher, I think this only means great things for TFH. Well-deserved. So just for those unfamiliar with Modus Games, because I was as well, uh, Here's some of their previous titles in which they publish or aid in in any certain in any specific way. Uh, Chris Tales, which is a fairly new RPG developed by Dreams Incorporated and Sick, rated mixed on Steam and 7.2 on Metacritic, or rather on Metacritic by users. I can't talk. And uh, that was an actually that, that was an RPG that I was kind of interested in. The price is a little too high for what I'm willing to spend for that. I think it's normally 40 bucks, and every time it goes on sale it goes to like 20 bucks, which is a good sale, but I don't know, like, I'm more inclined to pay probably like $10, $15 for a game that I know I'm probably only going to play once, so, but it looks good, like, I'm not sure why the mixed reviews on Steam, maybe it's performance issue, but I know as far as like the art, um, I believe the story and some of the mechanics, I think they're all really innovative and they look good, and they play well, so yeah, 7.2 on Metacritic, is pretty good, by users, not by critics, by users, so that's, that's really what I go by, usually. Uh, the next game that they put out is Solstice, which is a third-person action game, actually, it's not out yet, so it's developed by Reply Game Studios, and it's slated to release sometime in 2022, it looks like that one Bandai, Bandai Namco game, I forgot the name of it, but it's got like vampires and stuff in it, uh, it reminds me a lot of that. It's like third-person action slasher, sort of. And, yeah, it looks interesting. So that's going to come out sometime this year. Uh, and then lastly, Super Animal Royale, which is a free 64-player top-down 2D battle royale game featuring animals developed by Pixiel, rated very positive on Steam, and 8.0 on Metacritic by users. That's a game, actually, that we were planning on playing in uh, one of our Hollywood lobbies, Hollywood or uh, Lobby Nights, it looks fun it looks it looks like a fun little fun little game so I think the track record for modus games and their publishing been pretty good they've been picking games that have potential or a little more niche that need a little more help so yeah so I think uh this bodes well for TFh I like I like this direction good for them man um I've been obviously anybody listening to this podcast for like years now I've been talking about TFH for a long time. I think it's such a great game. Regardless of what you think of ponies, I know it's a barrier to entry. People don't want to play a My Little Pony game, and that's fine. But if you separate the fact that they're ponies and you think about them as functions, as mechanically, those are some of the best mechanics that I've played in fighting games. And as functions, they're so fun. They're so fun. And I don't mind that I play as a cow with a lasso. I mean, I'm like, I don't care. It's tight. Like, that's sick. But I know, you know, people don't like that, so it's cool. Listen, play whatever you like, but um, I'm excited to see what other characters they add, see the level three supers, even the story, right? I haven't even finished the first chapter of the story yet, but chapter two is coming back, so yeah. Good for TFH, good for main six. I'd like to get them on FGC Hollywood Plus 2. They seem like a cool crew. All right. We got uh, one more... Or no, we got two more items in news. The first one is pretty pretty simple. So it's uh, quality of life editions. So on January 18th, 2022, Code Mystics announced that KOF 2002 UM now has player lobbies and spectating modes on Steam similar to the King of Fighters 98 UMFE. Uh, by the way, I played... Just yesterday, I played uh, JJ and KOF 2002. Unlimited match. That was pretty fun. That code is really good, man. I'm on Wi-Fi and... I'm in the Midwest, he's in the Southeast, it's good, it held up, it was really good. So uh, Code Mystic, they really work some dark magic with their netcode, and uh, yeah, that was fun. We couldn't, we didn't find any other people to play with us, so it was still just me and him, so we didn't test the lobby functionality, but it is there, so that's fun. Uh, one more. So on January 20th, 2022, Arc System Works added features to Blaze Blue Central Fiction with their ongoing public beta test for rollback netcode. The game now has these features. Rematch for player match, which is huge, because every time you played in that game, you had to, like, play the match, go to character select, you both pick your character, both pick the stage. Come on, now. This is 2022. we we got to have instant rematch. So that's great. Uh, players can now... Leave the spectating battle while spectating a match midway and return to the room in player match, which is great uh, because nobody wants to watch a full game if they're not interested and they can just leave the lobby or whatever. Uh, Adjusted the ping connection icons to better reflect connection quality. That's awesome. Added Steam and Discord rich presence compatibility. Not sure what that means. I guess what's Discord rich presence? Whatever. Anyway, I'm assuming they integrated Discord and Steam together. So that's great. Uh, an opponents played will now be added to Steam's quote-unquote or recent games quote-unquote list from the players or view players menu. So that's cool. So if you played somebody and you want to add them as a friend, you can see them in the recent games thingy. So that's uh, all very good quality of life additions for both games. So yeah, I'm not a huge BlazBlue guy, but uh, I might give KOF 2002 a little more of a look now that it has lobbies. Especially now that we can maybe play that game in Hollywood. And uh, have a good time instead of only playing one-on-one all the time. So yeah. That's pretty cool. And of course, last but certainly not least... We got Guilty Gear Strive. All right. Baikon, she's out. But here's the announcement. So on January 24th, 2022 Arc System Works released the full trailer for Biken, The fourth and penultimate character for Guilty Gear Strive's first season pass. So only one more character left for the season pass. Very long journey for the season pass if you ask me biken is currently out to all season pass owners as of january 28th which is which was yesterday however she will be available as individual dlc three days from now or rather, two days from now on january 31st 2022 so yeah in two days you can buy her a la carte that's pretty cool and that's on steam playstation rest in peace xbox Uh, By the way, this update features the fan-favorite samurai, or rather that feature is the fan-favorite samurai, also comes with the promised combo maker feature, which uh, players will be able to add their own combos to the game so they can record their combos and upload them for the community to try. Players will be able to uh, search for custom combos with various filters, which include characters, uh, type of combo, like type of starter and stuff, Uh, the game version, uh, as well as many other various filters. Uh, And then combos downloaded via the Combo Maker will have a demonstration mode, which that's pretty sick. And the community will also be able to rate your combo by sending a like. How about that? That's pretty cool. I'm actually more excited for that than Biken herself. But let's talk about Biken first, then I'll get to the Combo Maker. Biken's cool. One thing that really I like about her, and no, it's it's not her giant breast. It's uh, her voice. I like her voice a lot. It's like raspy. It's kind of sick. Uh, I don't know. It's I I don't remember if she had that in Exert. Maybe she did. I didn't really pay attention to Baiken because I'll be honest. I think I've said this before Baiken is almost like a meme now because she's such a waifu fighter and a waifu character because the fans almost made her to be and arc system works like went with it and I just don't see she's such a cool character like standalone. She's such a cool character a one-armed samurai and she's like badass, she's so cool, but then the giant breasts just, they're almost like a distraction, like I don't understand, listen, I'm not against of fighters, I'm not against big boobs at all, certain characters that have big boobs I think it makes sense, look at 9, like 9 in Blazewoo, sure, go ahead, go nuts, although Blazewoo has a lot of characters that are really over-sexualized, but whatever, like that's cool, that's your thing, but with Biken specifically, I'm just like, man, she's so cool. And her personality doesn't really portray one that's like... It just doesn't... It just, it's, doesn't fit like her... I just... I don't know. It's just, it's almost like out of place. But whatever. Listen, it's cool. It seems like they get bigger every time she's in a new game. At least I'm pretty sure. But I like her voice a lot. Tatami guys. Tatami guys. She's, she's, she's so sick. She looks cool in this game. She's got a gun. She's got like the... The hook where she attaches you, yourself, to to her, that's that's kind of cool, so, yeah, um, she's interesting, maybe I'll try her, I don't own the season pass, I'm lying, I won't try her, but she looks cool, I like her, she's, I like her design, I saw a lot of people, not a lot of people, I saw a couple of people on Twitter, really complain, like, boomer-like mentality of how, like, they're disappointed, man, what's his name? He's a legacy player. I think he plays Chip. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting her name. But I think his name is like Shin... Something. I saw a clip of him talking about Baiken. And about how he's so disappointed. How it's like she's such a... Like, they did her dirty. And Kenso? Shin Kenso? Is that his name? I'm probably fucking it up. But anyway, he's a legacy player. And... You know, all due respect, I'm sure he knows way more about Guilty Gear than I do. But at this point, man, I don't see the 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 point in going online and talking about how Strive is a a stripped down game from what Guilty Gear is. We're six months, seven months post released already. That war is done. That war has been fought and lost. I just think people need to move on at this point. Like, it's done. Like, of course every single character, legacy or otherwise, is going to come in to Strive and they're not going to play exactly how they did in XX and Exerd and all of the other legacy games. It's just not going to happen, man. So, I just think, you know, let go and have fun with whatever you have now. And if you don't, Exerd doesn't have rollback, but you can still play it. Plus, R has rollback. You can play that. I just don't see the, the reason now to being like, oh, man... This sucks, and she's nothing like she used to be, and this is an abomination to Guilty Gear. Not that he said that per se, but I see a lot of that boomer sort of talk, especially on Twitter, the worst platform in the FGC. And I just don't get it. Why, like, just play or don't? But I just, I don't know. You know, i I'm just recently off that ship, right? Like, I used to do the same thing until I saw the light. Thank you, Grand Blue Versus. But I don't know. I just come on, man. Just play, just play something else. If you don't like it, just don't play it. Like this whole influence goes both ways, right? You can influence people to really like something, even if you don't. But you can make people like hate certain shit if you don't. Or I, I just I don't know. Like I'm not trying to be like, hey, let's all be positive all the time. Keep it real. But people have I've kept it real the first two months. Forget the first two months. Six months before Strive came out. We know what the game is. It's not going to change at this point, so just accept it and live with it. It just is what it is. Play ponies for God's sakes! But anyway, she's cool. I like her. I like her design. I think she looks neat. Why not? Tatami Gash! Let's talk about the Combo Maker. The Combo Maker is really cool. I like that. I I think there's another game. I don't remember which game it was, but there's another game that implemented this and it's sick. Having a demonstration, too, you can grade it, right? Like, you can give it a grade, give it a name, soul 50% combo off of air-to-air, something like that, right? And then the community can be like, hey, this is great, and also you can see, like, completion percentage, like the amount of people that downloaded it that actually completed it. Really innovative. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. That's, uh, that's great. And also, it gives people an, an easy access to... Optimal stuff because how many lab monsters do you know they just put their stuff on YouTube or Twitter and short clips and then the YouTube player won't fucking load because it's a piece of shit and then YouTube will play a 14 second ad on a six second combo video so now you got it in game in house that's like having that's like when NRS started putting like frame data and in injustice and Mortal Kombat who are like whoa we got this in house we don't have to go to Dust Loop or whatever. Not that MK is on Dust Loop, but like, you know, an outsourced site. So that's that's innovative. I like stuff like that. It's great. Ar- Arxis, man, they're doing good. They're doing good, Arxis. I'm glad that you're being better. You're doing better. And yeah. That's uh that's all for the news this week. Ladies and gentlemen. I guess we can get the to topic of the week. I'm not excited about this, but let's get to this, shall we? Round two, topic of the week. All right, here we are, topic of the week, and yeah, you know, this is, I had a feeling I would have to talk about this eventually, and I knew something like this would happen Now, I didn't expect it to happen so quickly, literally my first ever Persona-related content in years, but I had a hunch. I had a hunch that I would run into the good old Persona 4 Arena Ultimax community once again. And only took one, I really only took one. Now, I wanna preface this, that I'm not one for drama normally. I'm not, you know, I've dealt with a fair share of drama throughout my quote-unquote content creation career, right? I've had an ability to somewhat diffuse the situation anytime one of these things have happened, right? I've had people back in 2018, you know, the Smash community come after me, be like, hey, why didn't you put Smash in the state of the FGC? And people were really mad. And then I made a complete, a whole video dedicated to why that was the case. And for the most part, people in the Smash community understood. They're like, all right, cool, we'll leave you alone now. When I I talked about Granblue, and how I felt that it was unfair that Granblue was getting this treatment, when a game like Persona, ironically enough, died, and, you know, people got mad. They were like, hey man, you were out of pocket. You were completely out of pocket. And I looked at the comments, you know, I stepped back, I was like, you know what, they're right. So I apologized. I looked at it from a different perspective, and I was like, I was out of pocket. That was... You know, that was cool of me to say all that. But this time, I don't feel like being the bigger person because I don't find that it's my position to do so. And I hate being the bigger person every single time, especially when I don't find that it's, it's, it's justice, right? Like, I don't think it's fair. And... This time is it's just it's rooted. It's it's deeply rooted than more than just this one time occasion, yeah. You know? This is something that this particular community has been horrible about, completely horrible about, and that is like the fact that it's so clicky, it's culty, this bully like mentality. And I wanted to stay away from it for, for years. I have wanted no part of this community for, for a long time, despite loving the game. But you know what? I wanted to go all the way back because even though what I'm about to talk about happened a few days ago I want to go all the way back and give you The full perspective of why I feel the way I feel so let me tell you a story So Back when I played Persona 4 Reno The first one vanilla, so this is 2012 2013 I, I I didn't really interact with the FGC proper so much online or offline And I I didn't I didn't really care for the community not because I didn't like them. It's just because I didn't even know they existed. I just I was just playing a game at that time So I can't comment on whether they were good. They were bad. They were somewhere in the middle I don't know. I was just messing around with a game that I liked a lot. I was learning labrous combos I was messing around with Narukami. I was just having a good old time, right? And I was like, hey, this game is sick I like it a lot. I just played, you know I played Persona 4 Arena and then I was like, hey, these characters are cool. Let me play Persona 4 Gold and I had a Vita and I was like, hey, this is this is neat so I kept playing Persona 4 Arena and I was like, "Hey, fighting games are really fun. I'm enjoying myself." Now in 2014, after playing a lot of Arena, I was obviously like, you know, many other's really excited for Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. It was coming that September, September 30th I believe in North America, and I pre-ordered, I got it both on Xbox 360, I got it on PlayStation 3. I had like so many hours in arena i had like a really small pocket of of people that i played with that i just found on like xbox live uh, achievements.com if that's dating me and i played with those guys and they weren't fgc they just happened to like arena right and it's just how much i loved it so i i pre-ordered both of those games for both of the consoles that i had and so i started playing right i started playing and i noticed like That there's this weird online community. Especially on Xbox 360, actually. Where personally I thought the game played better. I don't know if it was like input lag or whatever. Watch, people are gonna correct me on that too. Like, actually, they both played the same. Whatever. I felt that the game played better on 360. And whatever it was. It just felt smoother. And so I felt better playing on that system. So I played mostly on Xbox 360, and regardless, you know, I felt that the, the community was just it was just weird. It was odd. Like there there was something there. And specifically, there was this particular group on Xbox 360 and they called themselves the Execution Squad, right? Back then you could give yourself titles with your under your name or whatever, and you could put something something Execution Squad of the Execution Squad. So they all had these titles related to the Execution Squad. So they had like a top Margaret player who also played Naoto. His name was Raderick. And for the most part, he was cool. I think he was a dick in the beginning, and then he kind of like mellowed out. And then a really good Labras player, a really good Narukami, a really good Igus. They had a bunch of people. A bunch of people. I think they were like maybe like nine or ten deep. And they were they were their own group, right? They were they were the execution squad as they like to call themselves. And they were really good. They were really good at the game. High PSRs, everything. But they weren't particularly nice. At least not from what I remember. You know, we would have voice chat on sometimes in the lobbies. Or you could type your messages. And I just remember that if you were an outsider, they didn't treat you too nicely. I don't know what it was. Maybe just the culture that they inhabited there. Or maybe it was one of those things where you have to punch down because you don't want to be the one made fun of, so you have to make fun of the other guy so you're not a target. One of those type of relationships with, that they've had in that group. It was just it was just weird. It's like nobody wanted to be a target, so they, they were toxic to each other, and they were toxic to outsiders especially, because then nobody in their own group gets shit on. And it wasn't even funny. It wasn't like FGC banter. It was just mean and, and, and just cold-hearted and just not not very nice. So anytime we would be in those open arena lobbies or just a regular lobby player match and the voice chat was on, you know, I, I don't want anything to do with it. Because I was like, this is just not fun to be around. Whether they're talking about things that, you know, would make me and my other friend uncomfortable or just being mean for no reason. Uh, that pushed me off. So you know what, I, at that point, I was like, I decided to take a break. You know, let me take a break from Xbox 360. I don't want I don't want to play on 360. I'm going to go to PS3, even though, whatever, it's got, it feels a little weird. I'll play on 360, on, on PS3, rather. And back then, PS3 had something that the 360 didn't in Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, is that they had the lobbies with the arcade cabinets and stuff. So you could walk around with your little chibi character and play on actual, kind of like Exert has, and uh, and play people. So that was kind of cool. They also had player matches, but uh, I, most people would be in, like, Tartarus or whatever, and and they would uh, play, play there. But, you know, same thing. I noticed that anytime I was playing, be it in the lobbies or be it in, you know, a small player match group, you'd always have this group around you, just talking shit, being mean, just to be mean, not to be funny or anything. Be it if i'm like i'm waiting in line i'm at the queue and i'm waiting in line at the arcade cabinet to take a seat or if i'm asking for matches it just seemed the text always if i'm hopping off of a cabinet or whatever they were just like coated with this venomous stink to them and any interaction that i've had i was like man this is just not fun to be around it's just not cool i didn't understand why either because Is it as I'm new to PlayStation Three? Is that why? And like I'm I'm a green card, I'm a yellow card, or is because I'm not part of your specific group, and so you find that like oh let's pick on this guy. I don't know, I don't know. It was just it was weird. I don't I never understood why such a great game had such like a poor and toxic community. It was so unwelcoming. And I was like, man, the same thing that I was experiencing with this little execution squad on 360 also runs fairly rampant in the lobbies on PlayStation Three. So I was like, man, I couldn't tell you why. I was like, now this, this is online, mind you. You know, I when whereas people were, you know, people are much more confident online, saying whatever they want. There's less face to face, you know, consequences. You know. Actually, there's no consequence to your actions when you're online, because you can't put a face to a name, it's not even your real name, you can't see how the other person's reacting either when you're telling them mean shit, you know, usually when you're talking and you're saying mean things about somebody, you'll see, like, how it affects them in real time, and hopefully, if you're humane, it will make you feel bad. But online, there is none of that human interaction, right? So it's easy for people to be harsher, meaner, colder when it's online. And just hostile. Now, mind you, I played this game offline too. And be it a combo breaker, or it's CEO or CEO otaku. There was a stretch of a year or two where I actually lived in Florida. And I would either travel short distance to Orlando or whatever, or actually went to the Chicago area, St. Charles, and played Persona. And I had no issues with the people there. I had no issues. Every time I played or spoke about the game offline, I enjoyed my interactions. It was only online. It was the small pockets online that were a different ballgame, man. They were just, just toxic. So, you know, as 2016, 2017 rolled around... You know, the game obviously lost its relevancy after EVO 2015, which was a great EVO, by the way. But I still really enjoyed the game, and I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to share it with other people. And that's when I started around the same time I started making content. So I would post, you know, commentary videos of high-level matches of Japanese play, sometimes do commentary of my own matches, my own replays. And then I quickly noticed... How the same people that play the game online also consumed the content for it. And it was the same situation. The, the same things were happening. The, the crappy comments of, like, oh, your commentary sucks. You don't know what you're talking about. Actually, you said JA, you should have said JB. You know, maybe you shouldn't commentate over a game that you don't know what you're talking about or that you know very little of. Shit like that, you know. Which, by the way, I don't know if any of you guys have done real-time commentary. I want to see you not flub a JA with a JB sometimes. But it's fine. You know, at a certain point, I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. If the people that that I don't want to be around come for this kind of content, I'll just stop making the content. Because I can enjoy Persona in other ways. I can just watch Persona and enjoy my time. Yes, I'm not sharing it with other people, but, like, if I'm sharing it with the people that I don't want around me, I might as well not share it at all. Because I'm not trying to spread toxicity. Especially not to new people that, like, hey, this game looks cool, and then they look at the comment section, oh, wow, look at these shitheads. Why would I want to play this? So, you know, I got more into, like, essays and stuff. I even did some Persona-related essays, like, you know, Persona 5 Arena and stuff. And then, you know, towards the end, I think I ended up doing a couple more Persona 4 Arena Ultimax-related Commentary or analysis type videos, but not very few not too many Now fast forward to last week, right? I took a week off the podcast. I did that video essay Or not video essay. I did that tier list, you know, we're getting the remaster. So I'm excited I want to talk about the game again. You know, I'm fueled with energy. I love this game I probably put in like 2,000 hours. I would say between arena and ultimax together on 360 ps3 Probably somewhere around there. It doesn't track your hours, but I think I'm, I'm confident saying that's what I put. And, you know, I thought to myself, I'd like to do a character overview. And I know a lot of people like tier list type formats. So I was like, you know what? I've never done a tier list before. And there's a reason for that because I just don't really like them. But, you know, what I said there's a first time for everything, why not? Why, let, me, let me do an overview slash tier list. So I think I spent like three days or so three days writing editing filming the video little by little right every time i come back after work and eat shower spend some time during the night to to do this video and mind you you know i didn't reference anyone else's tier list or overview because i felt confident enough that you know this was through my own lens this was how i felt about the game and it was my own experience which you know in hindsight now that i think about it i should have specified i should have specified that you know this is how i feel about these characters instead of saying you know i called it something that newcomers could look at and and take as a part of like how this game works when i i should have said this is how i find that the game works and this is how how i see these characters stack up so i'll own that part you know i wasn't specific enough with saying that you know, I probably should have just voiced it. Listen, this is my opinion. Instead of saying this is like a beginner overview. Which um, I'll end up doing in the future, I'm sure. But, you know, then again, I'm making the fucking thing. So it's like, obviously it's coming from me. But whatever, you know. I'll concede that one. That I should have said that this is from my lens. Not that that would have mattered. Because I'm sure I'm sure the same response would have came. Anyway. Now, after I uploaded it. I noticed that maybe like a day later that these comments are starting to fly in. Right. And one after another, they're like comments about how my tier list is spreading misinformation, how it's incorrect, how the footage that I'm using is a mix of 2.0, 1.1, which, by the way, was only the case for Yukari because I couldn't find any decent Yukari footage that wasn't shadow Yukari. So I ended up using 1.1 footage. But it's okay, you know what, it was all these comments that I was like, what the fuck, (laughs) what is all this? And basically people just saying, hey, your tier list is shit, you don't know what you're talking about. There were a couple of constructive ones, but even those ones that were like, hey, this is misinformation, please go check out this person's tier list to learn the truth or whatever, because this is way more accurate. And I was like, man... It didn't sit well with me. I was like, well. And listen, I to people that listen to this podcast that really know what's going on, I'm not above to saying that I'm wrong. I've just done it like a couple months ago with the Grand Blue Versus community. And but you gotta come correct, right? You gotta come correct when you're gonna correct me. You can't be like, fuck you, you're wrong. You gotta do it the way the Grand Blue Versus community did it, where you're like, hey, maybe you should take a look at this again. Cause it looks like you're inaccurate. When you're doing it in a respectful manner like that, saying, hey, Mac, you're off. Please reconsider. I step back. I was like, I reconsidered my positions. And you know what? I was like, yeah, I was wrong. And I made amends for that. But when I see shitheads in the comment section of my video, I don't even look twice, to be honest. I don't even look at a comment. I just flush it right away. There's a there's a way you can mute people off of your channel. And it deletes their comment, and it, just, it's, it they should call it remove shithead from ever commenting on your YouTube video and on your channel again. Because, listen, in my book, if you can't say something in a respectful manner, why should I give you the time to listen? You know what they say about first impressions. You only get one. And if you can't even have some common courtesy, some self-respect for both of you, for both of yourself, as well as to whoever is creating whatever you're commenting on, then get flushed. Because why should I listen? I have no obligation to listen to you if you can't say something in a respectful manner. Now, not every comment was put in such a way. There was one, I remember it was like, uh, I think the guy's name was like Panda something, Panda and a bunch of numbers. And that one was fairly respectful, pretty tame. and But you know what? At that point, they started coming in in like succession that I just removed all of them. I was like, man, fuck these guys. Because like they're just attacking this video at this point. So I didn't even look. I was just like, man, just get out of here. And I didn't like the fact that they, they just aimed straight for the jugular. And they were like, you know, fuck you. And I was like, damn. So I just removed them all. And I was like, I don't care. Like... Whether you're constructive or not, like at that point, you should have seen it coming that like I'm gonna try to filter through the shitheads after I see them coming in every single time. So no. I just removed them all. I just didn't feel like dealing with idiots on the internet. You know, go watch something else. You don't like my stuff, don't 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 watch it. And don't comment. Cuz you obviously have no respect for people that create stuff. But you know what, that wasn't enough. Because you had those same people then go on my Twitter and call me out about how wrong I was with my tier list and how that I can't face the criticism because I muted their comments on YouTube. And at that point, man, I was thinking to myself, man, this is 2014, 2015, all over again. Execution squad on Xbox Live. And instead, if it's not them, then it's the Persona Fight Club members. It's this Discord, right? And I've checked. All those guys were in that Discord. Persona Fight Club. That's what they call themselves. Once a dog shit community, still a dog shit community. And I've said that on Twitter too. I even said that before this whole ordeal. And you can check the tapes. There was a there was a question from Foko a couple weeks ago saying, why don't I like the Persona 4 Arena Ultimax community? And I said the same thing, because they're not nice. They're not welcoming. And here's example number one. This is three weeks after. Exhibit A, huh? Actually, this is more like Exhibit 872. So, anyway, they kept bombarding me on Twitter. And I'm sure they were on their little Discord posting the tweets and talking shit. And then going back to Twitter. It's all good. You know, I said to myself, it's not worth it. It really, it's not worth it. For one, it's a tier list video that's not really my thing. And... It's attracting all this negative attention from all these shitheads. I'll just delete it. Whatever. It's not like the video was doing that great anyway. I think when I deleted it, it was like under a 1,000 views. So I was like, eh, it's a tier list. I'm okay deleting this just to get them off my back. I, I don't want to deal with idiots anymore. I'm tired. I'm too old for that shit, man. Like, I'm going to be 30 in like a couple of years. I don't want to deal with this stuff. Like, yeah, just... Trying to deal with, like, mature people. Respectable people. Not these Discord fucking... (laughs) Just degenerates. So, I deleted the video, right? Oh, but that wasn't enough, right? That wasn't enough. Even post deletion. The Persona Fight Club members still proceeded to tweet at me about how I was wrong, still. Yukiko is not A-tier. You put her next to Adachi. It was just exhausting, to be honest. I was really thinking to myself, this is like, what did I do to you? Like, what did I do? I put out a tier list and I got it wrong, which you know what? I can own up. Maybe you don't agree with my tier list. That's cool. But you're going to this extent of trying to force me to see your own view because you didn't like my tier list. You, you felt that compelled to come, to come at my throat. And you were mad that I flushed your shithead comment Because you're a shithead? So I tried to get rid of people who are aggressive against me online. And I'm the bad guy for that? All right, cool. And then I got this one guy. He sent me a tweet. He's like, oh, you're not going to paint us like the bad guy. And he's like, oh, word. Okay. I guess you're not. I guess you're not the bad guys. I guess I am for making a video. But that's fine. I was like, you know, I don't need this drama in my life. So, I just tried to diffuse the situation on Twitter. You know, eventually eventually died down. I was like, whatever. Hey, I hope you enjoy yourself March 17th. I'm excited for the game. And then I put out that tweet saying, you know what, I deleted that video. And I'll explain why on the podcast. Because Twitter, man, Twitter is not my preferred medium at all. There's, like I mentioned before, there's no... There's no real interaction you can't really tell what I'm feeling at least here you can tell what kind of inflection and emotion I have when I'm t- telling you the story I and mean, I'm not about to do some twit longer bullshit just not my style this is how I'm more, most comfortable this is how I express myself and you know to be honest in the moment I don't know I was just I was just saying you know I'll take I'll take the high road I'll just take the high road I don't want the drama it's cool. And then a couple hours later, I get a DM from this guy that runs the Twitter account who also left one of the shittier comments on on the video saying, I forgot what he said. He put like all caps saying, don't listen to this guy or whatever. I don't know what he said. And he's one of the admins there at the Persona Fight Club. And he sent me a DM. And here's what it reads, right? I know you're not supposed to like leak DMs or whatever, but this is a special occasion. This is what the DM reads says, hey man, I just wanted to hit you up so I can apologize on behalf of me and a few other members of the Persona Fight Club about the whole YouTube and Twitter stuff about the Persona tier list video. Things got a little heated, and taking it to Twitter was not the right thing to do, so it'd be great if we can chill, hang out, and discuss characters in the game sometime. It's really great to see more people making content for the game we love. Isn't that nice? Isn't that perfect? You know, all I said was like, all right, cool. Wish you could have done that publicly, but whatever. You know, it was so easy for you to slander my name publicly, but you apologize privately. That's fine. I just told him, I was like, you know, this doesn't change the situation that I will talk about this whole incident on the podcast. Whether the Persona Fight Club gives a shit or not. Now, again, I was at that point still was going to take the high road until I got DMs from other people, supporters this time. One in specifically that really made me disappointed in myself. It made me feel bad. And it made me feel terrible that I caved in. And it was as a watcher of this channel, Persona Forever, longtime watcher, right? Every time I put Persona content, they're always there. And They always say nice things even if they don't agree with me like I don't like bb tag and Persona forever loves bb tag and Even then we can still see eye to eye and be like hey, you don't like it or I, you like it I don't we can still be respectful and They DM me on Twitter and they asked hey Mac Why did you take down the video? I was trying to go rewatch it and I liked that video and it got removed and I told him why, and he was like, oh man, that sucks, because I, I was planning on rewatching it. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. That's, uh, it just, I didn't want to deal with the whole drama, so I, I took it down. And he said, oh man, well that's too bad, hopefully you make some other content. And that sucks, man. That sucks. I didn't want that to happen. It made me feel bad. I was really bummed out at that moment. Not that the, not that they said anything that made me bummed out. I was, I, I was bummed out with my decision. And then there were people on Discord as well that, you know, they, they didn't understand why I deleted it. Like, why did I give in to the Persona Fight Club? And Pringle said something that made me feel even worse. And, he you know, he said something along the lines like, Mac, you know, it's good to stay away from drama. But you're basically giving the people that don't deserve anything exactly what they want. And you're taking away from the people that do want to see your content, that do enjoy your stuff, you're taking away from them. And I was like, damn, that makes me feel even shittier. So but, and I remember he also said, like, listen, you gotta care about the people that watch your content more. Than the people that oppose it. And that, that hit me. I was like, man, he's right. He's definitely right. And I was like, that sucks. Because I feel like I let people down. Not that my content means a lot to a lot of people. But even if it's just one person. It sucks. It sucks letting people down. Like, I don't ever want to do that. But you know what? I don't know. Like... I may have incorrectly phrased things in that video or didn't make them as clear as I could have been or even mistakenly whatever place somebody in a tier list that uh, in a tier that they shouldn't have been but I just don't think I'm in the wrong with what transpired thinking about it you know this is 3 days removed now and I tried to take the high road usually. But I'm also not about to just sit here and say, oh, you know, it's all good. It happened. It's whatever. Water under the bridge. No hard feelings. Initially, that's how I, th- I thought I was going to handle this thing. But no, not this time. Because that community has the same exact bully-like mentality they had eight years ago. If it's not the execution squad... It's the Persona Fight Club. One dog shit community. Eight years later. So here's what we're going to do. To anybody watching this from the Persona Fight Club. That Discord. Who was in cahoots. To attack me online. Go on the YouTube comments. Talk your shit. Go on Twitter. Chase after me on Twitter. And I'm sure have you a little your little party, shit-talking party on your Discord, fuck you. Especially you, Chris. Fuck you. Daraband, whatever the fuck your name is, fuck you too. Whatever, uh, Master Stud, fuck you as well. And fuck the whole PFC. You guys all are pieces of shit, and you should know that. Because you are. Here's what you can do. For one, you can apologize publicly. Maybe we can put water on the bridge then. And two, this is mostly speaking to the people who are in the PFC. And listen, I'm sure they got good people there who just want to play Persona, who don't want to be a part of that whole toxic environment. This is what I would highly advise you to do. Take a look at that server and see who's leading that server. See who's at the top. See who's setting the example. People like the ones I just named. Is that the part of the community? That's, that's the community you want to be a part of? That's who you want leading the pack? I would highly advise the people who are there to rethink their position when they're a part of the Persona Fight Club. I'm not saying you should cancel them. I'm not saying you should leave. But I'm saying you should try to cause change. Because this is unacceptable. This bully-like mentality, this toxic attitude they have with everything, Sending your little Discord army to people who you don't agree with and then apologizing insincerely privately? Like, I fucking believe that. Why? Because you saw me put out that Twitter? That tweet that I'm going to talk about this on a podcast? You're like, oh, I better apologize so this doesn't turn into something bigger. Listen, I'm not about cancel culture. I'm not trying to cancel these guys. But I'm also not trying to leave them scot-free and just let them bully people. Online? Nah, fuck that. I'm good. I'm good with toxic communities. This clicky, culty bullshit. This is this is not not acceptable, in my opinion. Now, to the FGC Hollywood community, normally, you know, I try to take the high road. So I do apologize. I normally don't do this. I wouldn't do this if it wasn't, like, deeply rooted with this piece-of-shit community for years now. And they have not changed. And this is going to continue, not that the game's going to come out. This is going to continue. And I'm not going to get bullied, and I don't want anybody else to get bullied by a bunch of incels online and a little Discord that have nothing better to do with their lives. And I don't think anybody should tolerate this with this game. So, like I said, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to keep making Persona content, and you can like it or leave it. But guess what? If you come at me with that same energy, you're getting flushed again. And I don't give a shit what happens next time. I'm going to put... Junpei on the A tier. Because fuck you. They're bullies. And if you're a part of that whole ordeal, you can apologize publicly. And maybe I'll rethink my position. And it's not that I don't know what's happening in that little Discord of yours. Like, I've heard stories. Do you think I haven't gotten invites? I love Persona. you think I haven't gotten invites to the Persona Fight Club before? I've heard what's going on in there. I've had people in, in that Discord come over to mine, talk about that game, talk about that stupid community. You got people telling other people to kill themselves in there. I would highly advise you to change that culture. Because eventually one of you guys is going to fuck up way bigger than this. And then that, whole th- that whole place is going to go up in flames. So you might want to look at yourself and change what's happening inside those closed doors. But until then, I will keep doing my thing. Whenever I see you come around, I'll mute you. Don't at me on Twitter. And go fuck yourself. And that's how I feel. I hope this is the last time I have to deal with that stupid ass community. I don't, I normally don't want to do this. You can, you can check the tapes how many times I seek for drama. They came after me. I didn't go after the Persona Fight Club. I've known that they were pieces of shit for a long time. They came after me. I made the video and they came after me. This is not an attack. This is a response. So yeah. Maybe you can... Maybe the good people in that community can hold the shitheads accountable. But I just don't see it happening. Because it's a cult. And you gotta root it from within. But yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. In closing, anybody in the FPC FPC or whatever, you want to apologize, cool. If not, stay fucked forever. Don't at me. Don't talk to me. I'll just block you. I'm not going to respond. And for FGC Hollywood, I apologize I had to stoop solo. I normally don't do this. And I don't condone for this. Don't follow my my lead on dealing with shit like this, this was personal. This is personal. I won't stand up for bullying, especially not from people like this. So that's all I have about to say the situation. First and last time, I'll talk about it. And that's that. Round three, Hollywood Mail. All right. Um, Yeah. Okay. Let's calm down here, huh? Uh, we got Hollywood Mail. We got a couple questions here. First one comes from Mario Gear Solid on Patreon, and he asks, maybe an FGC question, maybe not, depending on your answer. But what is your opinion on the Gundam Fighter Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme versus Maxi Boost? On shoutouts to uh, Ryan Bomber. He uh, back in the day, he he talked about this in one of the Hollywood questions, and uh, yeah, that game is crazy. It's so chaotic. It's like an arena fighter, but I, man, I cannot, I cannot keep up with that game. You got like all these numbers and these gauges and life bars and the, the, the action is too quick. I don't have eyes for that game. I don't even know where to start developing eyes for that game to keep track of what's happening. But I think you can play it one-on-one or team, right? But it's crazy. It looks interesting though. I'm not a huge, like, arena-type fighter. I know there's the Final Fantasy one as well. But uh, it's been a part of, like, some FGC tournaments for a long time now. So, yeah. I know people like that game. I just never really looked at it in, a, in like, an FGC-type of way. But uh, I know a lot of people do argue that it is a fighting game and that it should be a part of some of the lineups. But I kind of put it in the same category as the Final Fantasy game or uh, maybe Naruto, right? Like, Naruto Fighters? So yeah, that's kind of how I find, I feel about Mobile Suit Gundam. Maxi Boost On. Next one comes from Sergeant Spancakes on Discord, and he asks, Indie arcade games are becoming more and more popular, but there is a lack of new fighting game cabinets. What are two to three indie or new games you would like to see have an arcade release? An arcade release well first of all the states really are lacking in arcades right we got like round one as far as like your major arcades that that's like a chain right and they're supposed to build one in st louis actually and i think there's like some other ones but uh like dave and busters and stuff but like Everything else, man, you're gonna be hard pressed to find anything. So it's first of all, in the states it's really hard. But let's say, okay, arcade releases for games. Well, TFH is one. Indie, right? TFH. That'd be that'd be cool if that had an arcade release. Probably not something like Fantasy Strike. Skullgirls, maybe, right? Like Skullgirls, if that's indie enough. There's a game called Bayani on Steam. It's like on early access. That would be cool if it ever if it ever gets out of early access. Pretty neat game. could be a Could be a good home and an arcade. I spoke about it a couple weeks ago. Hellish Court. If that again comes out of early access, uh, that's a cool physics three D game. So that'd be neat. Perfect for arcade, I find too. There's a game called Die by the Blade that's not out yet. It's made by a uh, foreign studio, I think, somewhere in in Europe, and. Yeah, that could be perhaps an arcade game. It's a 3D slasher, like Samurai Sword Slasher. So yeah, something like that. Those those could be neat. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Those are the ones that I would I would probably go with. And yeah. Uh Zio had a question this week, but I'm not reading that monstrosity. Zio, you're out of pocket. You need to like not write me a 1400 page essay and yes it was 1400 words if i remember correctly i think i put it in a google doc and I was like, how many words is this 1400 so you're nuts anyway uh let's talk about the hollywood character player review and this is what your favorite characters say about you this is a submission it comes from jordan on youtube and he has his male character list and it reads as such Akihiko from Persona 4 Arena, Lee from Tekken, Lars from Tekken, K-Dash from King of Fighters, and Hibiki from Blaze Bloom. Now, right away, all these characters, Hibiki not so much, that's like an outlier. I mean, what a cool list, for one. I mean, those are awesome characters. I'm not a huge Lars guy, I'll be honest, but Akihiko, Lee, K-Dash, man, those are some sick characters. I like them a lot. One thing I noticed, they all have white hair. Well, Lars doesn't have white hair, but he has, like, lighter hair. He's got, like, light brown hair. And, but Akihiko, white hair. Lee, white hair. K-White hair. Hibiki and Lars have, like, brown-ish hair. I think Hibiki might have blue hair, actually. But, uh, yeah, I think you just like white hair, right? So think about it. Akihiko, badass character, white hair. Lee, classy gentleman, white hair. Lars he's he's you know something not white hair but lighter k-dash cool as can be right white hair kibiki i don't know anything about but it seems you have an affinity for lighter colored hair that's what i would say was that too easy i don't know maybe that's just like the surface what does that what do your characters really mean i don't know was, that's like an interesting, Akihiko's uh, not like Lee, Lee's not like Lars, Lars like, not like K-Dash, and I, I'm assuming K-Dash's not like Hibiki, so yeah, they're all different. Uh, here's your female list, so it reads Parasol, Skullgirls, Giovanna, Guilty Gear, Sakura, Street Fighter, Kunimitsu, Tekken, Mitsuru, Persona 4 Arena. This is the second Kunimitsu, I think we had a Kunimitsu two weeks ago from uh, Xavier. This is a cool list. It's a similar list though to last week's it's like uh, type a personalities think about it kunimitsu mitsuru and parasol those are type a personalities i mean sakura and giovanna i mean giovanna maybe right and sakura they could be type a personalities but maybe they're like a minus personalities i don't know but yeah i, I just like confident female characters, especially with those three I mentioned, Parasol, Kunimitsu, Mitsuru. Very confident. Very like, forward. Yeah, that's a strong list. Strong list of strong women in fighting games. Very well done, sir. Very well done. I like it. And now we get to the Dirk feature of the week. Nobody got his collar last week. Here it is. Here's Dirk's collar. He's a good boy. It's almost been seven months since he passed, I think. Uh, Actually, more than eight months. Sorry, eight months. Actually, on the day. Yeah, it's uh, January 21st. Uh, The Dirk Dirk passed on July. uh, It's not January 21st. January 29th. Uh, Dirk Dirk passed on July 29th, 2021. Um, The Dirk Feature of the Week goes to another podcast, Seven Golden Letters. It's a new podcast on the FGC. I just found out about it. It's host, it host, hosted by a person named Station and another person named Monkey Business. Uh, those guys are pretty cool. They're uh, give them a listen. They're 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 cool. They're chill. They're good. They're really good. Uh, it's a combination of like news and topics, even a little bit of drama there. Uh, they seem like just uh, cool dudes. Uh, very chill. The production quality is actually legit. Uh, it's uh, got really good mic quality. Good sound. Those guys are doing it right, so uh, check out Seven Golden Letters. Give them a listen. We don't have a lot of fighting game podcasts, so you know we got to propel, propel each other to do better. And uh, it's nice to have some competition. Those guys are definitely uh, doing it right. So now you got an extra show to listen to for your fighting game needs. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed. I only I think I listened to like their first episode and uh, one of the middle ones and the, the latest one that just came out. So uh, yeah, give them a listen. That's it's a good podcast. I like it a lot. Good good chemistry between those two guys. Very chill. And that's pretty much it. So what did we miss on today's episode? Uh, Brawlhalla announced their world tour. Shout out to Sarge's Pancakes. They announced their world tour with a total prize pool of over $1.3 million. So Brawlhalla still got that, uh, that hella monies. And man, if you're a fighting game player that's in it for the money, Brawlhalla. Not Street Fighter, not Tekken. Brawlhalla is the one to go into. Uh, what else? Elizabeth was announced for KOF 15. All the characters and the teams are set. As well as Terry has the uh, Mark of the Wolves costume. So that's out. Oh, rats that's not out. It's released. I gotta be honest. King of Fighters 15, I got like fatigue with that game. They dragged it out. So, f- man. How long have we been talking about that game? Two years? It's ridiculous. Not that it matters, I mean, I'm not going to get it day one, but like, it just, I just felt that they should, I've either not released, not showed it so early, or released it sooner. I know the pandemic was a thing, but I don't know, It just feels like I'm going to talk about this game for the last seven years, and this podcast is only going for one and a half. But anyway, Microsoft bought Activision, so we'll see what happens there, right? We'll see what that all entails. Maybe a Smash clone. Who knows? They got a bunch of popular IPs now. Are they going to try to go after Nintendo? Wasn't Master Chief in Smash one time? Or am I thinking of another game? Probably not. I don't know. But yeah, they could do a bunch of things. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Windjammers 2 is now out. It's like a fun little flying disc game. It's like air hockey but like with more modes and like cooler shit. So I know people like Windjammers. So Windjammers 2 is out. I think it's a Frosty Faust thing right now. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in two weeks. No podcast next week. Um, I'm hoping for less drama. Hoping, but uh, we'll see what happens. Listen, regardless of what happens with the Persona Fight Club or whatever, PFC, FPV, whatever their fucking name is, I'm not going to respond and I'll make sure that if anything happens in Hollywood, if these idiots start coming into Hollywood to try to like, you know, start shit, we'll bounce them out of there too. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have more things that are interesting to talk about in two weeks, news topics. And I'm going to try to, um, to do some real content and write more, make some meaningful stuff. I'm going to work out tomorrow. See if that, you know, picks me up get some energy and yeah that's pretty much it y'all I know this was a weird one right I uh I didn't mean to have uh, have a podcast with this type of vibe but sometimes it happens right sometimes you can't always take the high road stand up to bullies especially online cause fuck those guys but yeah that's all I got for you guys appreciate you all for listening appreciate the patrons support every week Appreciate people on audio feeds, YouTube. Thank you very much. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for understanding. And of course, I'll see you all next time. Peace.